a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Yeah, this week the doctor is in, and he's in on time. Dr. Rashid Batar, how are you, my friend? I am doing well, Robert. How are you? Doing, doing well. This is the week where we're going to be traveling a bit, and I'm heading to Canada. You're heading to parts unknown, and I'm just glad we can connect now because I know last week we we talked, and you had barely heard about Vax, the movie coming out, that Wakefield and Hooker and others that you know uh, had been working on with a former producer of this this TV show called The Doctors, and boy, did it raise a firestorm in the media. Yeah, it really did. And, you know, it's interesting what happened after that. I um, talked to one of my uh, close cohorts that uh, I don't know whether you've met him yet or not, but, you know, he's uh, he's the one that's going to be filming you, Carl, that I talked to you about. He's the one who's going to be doing the filming for the book and some of these other things that we've talked about before. With yes. The, with the mer- documentary that's coming out. Um, right, I sent him a text right after the radio, actually during the radio show, and he sent back, a text saying that I've been following it for the last two days, and he said, when you finish the radio show, call me. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, um, he sent me an email. And, you know, I'm just going to read a part of this email to you, Robert, because I found it so so amazing. The way he wrote this email, too, it's just funny the way he wrote it. Mm-hmm. The title of the email that he sent me was says, Vaxed Denigration Work of Art. Wow. <laughs> okay? Okay. Now, he, he told, when we had this conversation, he said, it is with surgical precision how they've taken this movie down. Mm-hmm. And they haven't even shown it. And he, and he pointed out things to me right off the bat. He said, they, they did things, they didn't do it the right way. They did things uh, in a manner that if they had orchestrated and strategized better, this denigration of the movie would have actually propelled it, and they would have done so well with it, but they didn't. Strategize. They didn't look at it. That's why he called it Vax Denigration Work Apart. And so he says um, the email that Don had sent regarding the Fortune article, remember? Yes. Um, right? Okay. So he says, read how this article in Fortune is meticulously written. Every single sentence. The structure is designed to destroy. The, the, structure, to, the structure to destroy is an art. Mm-hmm. I'll share my ideas on how... Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave that out because that's the sure. next part. So... Um, he says right at the beginning, and the quote is, um, medical community and scientists were shocked or something like that, if you remember. It says something was a shocker to the uh, uh, movie was a shocker to the medical and science community, not to mention the millions of people who believe in science. That's the quote that he's got in there. That's a, that was a title of that article, if you recall. Yes. And he says, in that one sentence, they have crucified and shut down anyone who wants to further science regarding this subject. Any doctor who speaks against uh, this will be treated as a quack and as civilians or as non-scientific persons and believers, meaning that they're either going to be, if they're a doctor, they're going to say they're quacks, and if they're not, they're just going to say, well, you're a, you're a non-scientific person. or you're Right, a you're not qualified to answer any of it anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Then he says, he says, also, see how that they cut certain articles uh, with stupid videos to take the focus away from the actual essence of the issue at hand. Um, and 
fantasy. Then he then he goes on to say, um, "This is what we will be fighting against. So let's learn and yes. gear up." So. I love that attitude. Let's learn and, and gear, gear up. up. Well, you're right. I mean, what you bring up is the art of war. And they may not have been prepared in, in, by the response to, I, I guess, I mean, it's not like they didn't know that there would be some kind of backlash or even a firestorm. But the fact that they were accepted into the Tribeca Film Festival and then De Niro said, under pressure, we can't, we can't continue. And at that point, the attacks, the assaults were full frontal, if you will, from all aspects of the media. And you're right. They have public relations history, the ability to use words as art, to be devastating weapons, to shut down dissent. And so only those who are really dog, I don't want, not dogmatic is not the word, but, uh, doggedly prepared to just fight, right? To battle through it. The rest will be, oh, well, I better not look further. So they couldn't. That's, exa- yeah. that's exactly what happens with the general community, though, right? Yeah. Well, exactly. And it's like I, I realized, too, that to some degree, when the media responded this way and said nobody should see the film, they critiqued the film that no one had seen. So it was obvious on some level that this is a, they're, this is, they're doing major hit pieces on it. So some people would respond that are on the fence that would say, you know what? I don't like being told what not to see. Now I want to see it. But at the same time, you're right. I don't think there was a strategy in place to take full advantage of that and use some form of Aikido, you know, on them, that energy blast and blast it right back. Well, exactly. So listen to what you just said. If you listen to your words, you said some people would be on the fence and say, look, I don't want to be told what I can and can't watch, so I want to watch it. Mm -hmm. And that's a perfect example of them not being prepared. For example, had they anticipated this, and as soon as they pulled the movie or they made this um, they, they, the forces against the movie started to cause the denigration of the movie and now you've got that audience I mean they went from like I think 300 uh, hits on the YouTube trailer to like 75,000 in like two days Right. Um, the, quest, the point that I was making is that they should have had the movie available for streaming online pay $2.50 watch the movie here and decide for yourself type of thing but they didn't they didn't have a way for people to actually go and uh, the people that had their own minds that were not the proverbial sheeple, as you yeah. refer to them so affectionately, <laughs> if, for those people, you know, for people like you and me that would said, I want to see the movie, they would have been able to generate money, generate interest, and then people like you and I that have paid the 250 or $5 or whatever it is to watch the movie, we would have gone and told a 1,000 people, or, you know, in our case, in your case or my case, mm-hmm. you know, our reach is millions. We would have told that, and more people have gone, but they didn't think about that. You see, they were expecting Tribeca to be their, their whatever their strategy was. That Tribeca is going to do it. Robert De Niro paled it. They didn't have a backup plan. They didn't have the video ready to be uh, soft launched or relaunched or, or streaming or download or whatever. They didn't have that. They didn't think of it. And that's, to me, that's a fundamental part of, okay, I'm going from here to uh, Charlotte. It's a 30-minute drive. What, am I, what do I need? Okay, I need my driver's license in case I get pulled over. I better have my wallet with you know $10 in case I run out of gas or a credit card or something. Mm-hmm. You don't just run out of the house naked in your underwear <laughs> with just the keys and put the car and start driving. That's what they did. They didn't anticipate. You know, The first rule of a Boy Scout is be prepared. That's the motto of a Boy Scout. Be right. prepared, right? Be prepared. They, they weren't prepared. They didn't even think about it. They go through this entire... I mean, maybe maybe I'm talking out of context here because I'm not sure what else they planned. Sure, I mean, we're, we're not privy to exactly what they did or did not, but if we look at it and assess it with hindsight and say, 
here's what I think should have happened based on that response that could have been actually anticipated or expected. Well, it certainly would have been expected, Robert. I mean, yeah. even a blind, deaf person would know that this is what this is what the response is going to be. Whether they expect it to be pulled from the Tribeca Film Festival or not mm-hmm. is not the point. The point is they should have been prepared for some type of onslaught and 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 have a second and a third and a fourth backup plan. But they didn't. And and if they do have it, maybe they've got some strategy that will come to fruition. Sure. And see, but I haven't seen anything happen. And they've lost so much ground right now because they've got uh, this this force opposing them and they haven't responded in any way fashion or form and the easiest way for them to respond you don't have to say anything you don't have to put out a press conference you don't have to respond to anything negative Mm -hmm. just let the movie speak for itself right see see the film that was banned by you know tribeca and the media or something a thousand times more powerful than any media or tribeca film endorsement or any other type of thing could do for them sure and despite not having strategy the fact that tribeca didn't air it it was actually a blessing in disguise whether they had planned for it or not no doubt that's exactly yeah. the point because yeah. let's say they had a thousand movies that were going to be shown there they're going to look in a hundred of them that they said you know uh, screened at or you know approved mm-hmm. by or whatever and then they would have been one of the hundred or one of the thousand whatever. exactly this way they became single-handedly the most important thing at tribeca so what De Niro did for them was actually a blessing for them however they didn't capitalize on it and that's the issue well, exactly. So, so I'm hoping it, it won't make any difference because what's going to happen subsequent to this, which unfortunately I can't share with the with the rest of the world, but you are aware mm-hmm. of what's going to be happening. This movie will get its due diligence. Yes, it, it'll, you know, sooner it'll or later it will. Yeah. It will, and, and of course, it's impacting now at the Angelica Movie Theater in New York, just a, a few blocks from where Tribeca will be. So there's it, not a. It's not like it was a zero sum game. But your point is well taken, and I hope people, folks, I hope you're listening. And it's about strategy. It reminds me of our, our good friend Tim Bolin, a strategist. It's like you, if, you're, if you're going into battle or a war, you don't just go, we'll just show up. You know, and here's our one, one big boom, and that's it. And then what happens after? Well, we didn't think about that. Again, we're not privy if there is some strategy going on behind the scenes, but I think the, the teaching moment, which I love that you're bringing up, is we have got to be smarter about this because we know there's not like they're going to surprise us in terms of the backlash from the mainstream media, the medical community, the pharma and government uh, cooperation that they have at CDC, etc. The entire uh, response to this film before it aired was how Andrew Wakefield is a discredited, disgraced doctor and his thing was debunked, even though all of it's made up because... His initial study, if anybody had ever read it, and the media people are so lazy, I don't think any of them read the actual uh, report. He never claimed that the MMR caused autism. It was an observational study. He's a gastroenterologist. He found novel uh, inflammatory, he called it hydrogenic enterocolitis, with the presence of the specific strain of measles from the vaccine. And then, of course, uh, I think 8 to 12 of those kids also were in the autism spectrum pretty severely. But it was enough that he acknowledged that they had to destroy him because they didn't want any point focal point on the fact that there was a link. Uh, Robert, I agree with you completely. And I think that if Andrew Wakefield is guilty of anything, it's being naive mm-hmm. because in his own way, as any decent doctor would, they see an observation, they report it, he wrote it up, and he had integrity, so he said what he saw. Yes. And he wrote what he saw. And if you're going to say that he he did anything wrong, it's that he was so naive that he didn't 
Um, mm-hmm. he, he was naive to the point of of not recognizing that the medical community would have an agenda. And, and you know, there's certain things. I mean, I, I would have done the same thing and you would have done the same thing. Everybody would have done the same thing. But then how they responded to him and demonized him, that was... That was the shock. That was the shock. It was a full-out assault. Again, he wasn't prepared. Many people aren't, but now we should be. We're going to be back with more powerful healing. It's Advanced Medicine here on the Robert Scott Bell Show with Dr. Rashid Bittar. The Robert Scott Bell Show. in the health world to the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. If you ever miss any advanced medicine, the good news is it's available all over the World Wide Web right here at robertscottbell.com. Of course, Medical Rewind has it exclusively. Hundreds of hours available for free download. Great to go there as well as our syndicator GCN has it up first and then iTunes and Stitcher podcast and tune in and Epic Times uh, even UK Health Radio across the pond, and of course now on SoundCloud. Very many ways to get this information. And of course, links to the international best-selling book by Dr. Batar. if you're new to it. It's the nine steps to keep the doctor away. Now, Dr. Batar, we, we kind of go, as you say, we don't necessarily plan our shows, and, and you wanted to release a little more information since last week on Vaxxed. And again, talking strategically, I remember we've discussed Gary Matsumoto and Vaccine A, he was a Boy Scout, too, in terms of not necessarily being a prepared Boy Scout, but a Boy Scout and saying, I want to do the right thing. I have integrity. I'm reporting on something like the anthrax vaccine or like uh, what Andrew Wakefield initially did about his observations as a gastroenterologist pediatrician. But then suddenly now you, 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 you have to start looking at things, again, strategically. And I don't think many of us are trained that way anymore. And I think purposefully so. You're, you're right. Um, I think that that's part and parcel of the inadequacy of our current educational system. I think that as we're children and as we're growing up and as we learn certain skill sets, this may be one that's lacking. I, I'm amazed that the amount of strategy that a person learns with a game, say, uh, chess, for example, which mm-hmm. is an ancient game. It's been, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of years has that game been run? Who knows? Yeah. But you learn a lot of strategy. You you learn that if you're going to advance, you need support. You, you learn that, you know, you can't just uh, rely upon shock and awe because you may think at one point you come and take a big piece and then, you know, the queen on the other side takes half your board or whatever the case may be. You You have to you have to anticipate. You have to anticipate your opponent, mm-hmm. not just one move ahead. In fact, I believe the chess, the key to chess is how far can you anticipate your opponent's moves? So oh, absolutely. If- yeah. And, and, and look at the, you, you mentioned the shock and awe. Think about what happened uh, almost two years ago with the CDC whistleblower news. That was shocking. And, right. and, and, you know, a lot of folks said, oh, my gosh, we've finally done it. Now we've got something. And, of course, the media just suppressed the information and continued the attack that had succeeded to that point attacking the messenger and ignoring exactly. the reality of what was happening. And, and so we end up, well, we kind of inched along a little bit, but really not the shock you thought it would be. Well, this is a perfect example of what you just said. You know, somebody goes in that takes the opponent's queen thinking, okay, I just took the most powerful piece on the board. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have anything to support that, and that's why the media was able to ostracize it, boom, drop it down to the ground. And, you know, you can win a game of chess with uh, just your rooks or with your – the way my dad plays, even with your pawns. You know, mm-hmm. a pawn can get to the other side of the board and become a queen, right? Yeah. And become the most powerful piece on the board. The point being, again, that shocking off, taking that one key piece isn't the, isn't the answer. It's the strategy, how you build it up, how you support the structure, how you go forward, and how you anticipate 
your opponent. If one person can anticipate three moves ahead of uh, three moves ahead all the time, and he's playing people that are only anticipating one move or two moves ahead, he'll always win. But as soon as he encounters somebody who can anticipate four moves ahead, he's going to lose. And that's what it comes down to, that strategy. There's nothing in our educational system that actually teaches us this, uh, that at least that I'm aware of, unless people do extracurricular activities like chess club or something else like that that would teach strategy. But Mm -hmm. education right now, and we're going off on a different topic now of education, but I'll tell you, my son, who's now uh, a junior finishing up his junior year, he, tell, he has so much homework to do, and he looks at me, and I, say, I asked him, I said, how do you like the school? And he goes, Dad, it's just busy work. He goes, I'm not learning anything. Just make it, they just give you so much stuff to do, but it's busy work. It's not stimulating. Mm-hmm. It's, it's drudgery, and it's repetition. And I started thinking when he said this, is, it's exactly what medical school is. There's nothing hard about medical school. What makes it hard is the sheer volume of information that's thrown at you to process in a short, relatively speaking, short period of uh, time. I mean, you got a textbook thrown at you every week, every 10 days, and you got to process it, and it's memorization. But as far, and, and it's literally um, one of those type of situations that if you actually think mm-hmm. and try to anticipate or try to extrapolate information, you're going to be wrong. They will beat you. They will beat you if you think. I mean, that's it, exactly right, because they want you to spit and regurgitate what's in the freaking textbook. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not. If it's not in there, it's wrong. Right. And so they're not engaging the creative mind like your son is talking about. That's where they want to be uh, to engage. Uh, well, I think we have a, a, a strategic training deficiency disease, right, in this country. And You're it's, exactly right. And it's purposeful because, of course, if you have people that can't think strategically, you can control them and manipulate them without fail very simply. Now, we've talked about it on a mental construct as well, but, of course, we've talked in terms of physicality with the deficient foods. You, you rob the body of the vitamins and minerals it needs, and you give the body the things it doesn't. You're also going to rob the body's strategic ability to counter and counter and counter until it loses it because it's so depleted. we got to take a break. I love where this is going, Dr. Bittar. we got to talk more about this and a whole lot more here. Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar on the Robert Scott Bell Show after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Well, when we talk about healing here, we engage all the bodies, not just the physical body. And I, I think that's the thing about holism or holistic healing. It's engaging the whole, W H O L E in this case. And Dr. Batar, you get that. You've written extensively about it, and that's how people come to you for help. And uh, if they're not willing to engage all of their faculties, and, and starting from the very belief system that comes from a deep spiritual place, uh, everything else can fall by the wayside. You're absolutely right, Robert. And, you know, you, before the break, you said you like where this was going. I started thinking, you know how much we rehearsed for a show. It's about, I think, what we spent, about uh, 12 seconds. <laughs> yes, there you, you go. Connection, let's talk, right? Yes. When, we, when I was talking about my son and when he was talking about the pure drudgery and it made me think about medical school, and how everything is just processing large uh, amounts of data, and that's all it is. It's regurgitation, memorization. It's essentially following a cookbook. It's a glorified cook is all a doctor is. But the one subject that defied that was physiology because physiology is understanding how the body works. And yet we put so much emphasis on pharmacology, you know, drug manipulation of the system. So if you understand how physiology works, then you start to understand, wait a second, the fundamental things that we're doing 
with pharmacology to alter physiology, to alter the way that the ultimate engineer created the body to work. So, for example, when we have regurgitation and we give people antacids or H2 blockers or acid pump inhibitors, wait a second, we're doing the wrong thing because the body needs more enzymes, more digestion, more hydrochloric acid. That's what we should be doing. We're treating it with pharmacology completely counter to how the design of the system was made. Or, for example, when somebody gets diarrhea, we have all these drugs, Lamotil and Imodium and this, that drug and that drug to stop a person from having diarrhea. But what was the physiological reason for a person getting diarrhea? It's because they ingested something that either wasn't good for them mm-hmm. or was poisonous to them or was you know, deleterious in some way, fashion, or form. And the body is designed to eliminate anything that is not supposed to be good for you. So you have diarrhea. And if that's not efficient enough and that's not sufficient to get rid of that, then you start having emesis. You start having vomiting. Because the body is trying to clear something. The worst thing to do is to suppress those things that are designed to get rid of something offending in the body. And by suppressing that urge of of vomiting or diarrhea, Mm -hmm. we're now retaining that offensive substance in our body. And it makes us get sicker for a longer period of time. And so when you give somebody these type of drugs, in fact, the only time I have ever treated, not ever, but when Mm -hmm. I started understanding how the body worked, the only time I've ever treated diarrhea was when I was active duty and when I was... Uh, you know, near the DMZ zone when I was the uh, 3rd Brigade Surgeon for the 2nd Infantry Division or when I was with the Special Forces Group, but you had a, 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 um, a soldier that was actually on the ground doing a tactical mission, whether they were moving through the DMZ or they were on some type of you know, two-week, three-week mission, whatever. Then you'd give them something like that because if a person's got diarrhea, well, you don't want to be sitting there squatting in the woods doing your business and somebody takes you out because right. you know you had di- so unless they were tactical unless they were in a firefight or unless they were in a potential of being in a firefight there was no reason to give somebody anything for diarrhea right. I mean that's the only reason and people say well you know you've got dehydration issues and mineral depletion and blah 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 well then fine you treat that but you still don't give them something for right. for uh, diarrhea to stop it you give them minerals you give them fluid you, you treat them with whatever you're going to treat them if they got shigella salmonella they got whatever but you don't suppress the diarrhea exactly well, you know, the antidote to physiology is what? Pharmacology. Right. <laughs> and as you said, this is the majority of your training as a physician uh, in allopathic uh, medical schools. And, of course, we go back to Flexner Report, how that happened. It was no accident. It's very profitable. Uh, so this training, this uh, ability to adapt or react or even act as we talk about seeing a number of moves ahead, when you are, let's say, on pharmacological suppressors, you have taken the body out of its normal ability to be nimble and, and react or, or move steps ahead to adapt, if you will. And Very so, nicely stated. Yeah. Very nicely stated. That's exactly what it is. You have reduced the body's ability to be nimble, to, to move quickly. You've, you've taken that flexibility and the ability to respond quickly and become a monstrosity. Like a, think of a small little mom and pop operation business, somebody that's, you know, they can make a decision to, the chairman of the board is the same person that's maybe answering the phone. Boom, they can make a decision like that versus a big corporation mm-hmm. that's got to make all these, you know, go through all these committees and boards and this and that before they can make any kind of decision. You, that's that's a perfect way of stating it, nimble. Yeah, well, the, the pharmacology are, are like, if you throw those substances in there, you're you're like gumming up the works, if you if you will. You're, you're throwing layers and layers and layers that weren't there. Suddenly, now you have to deal and adapt to that, not what the initial insult or assault was that your body was desperately trying to, in an acute response scenario, uh, to restore that stasis, that homeostasis, and, and again, not, the arrogance not, of man. You're exactly right, Robert. And it's not just in the acute state. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's also the chronic compensatory state that sure. is just compensating for the pharmacological intervention. Or in this case, what we're talking about, whatever the the, the big the big um, 
inhibition, if you will, that's being created in the physiology from the pharmacological intervention. It's that compensatory mechanism that the body's trying to adjust and compensate, similar to like if somebody's shot, the blood pressure is going to go up, trying to keep maintain blood pressure. That's an additional burden that causes more oxidative stress and more. It's more. It's more burdensome on the physiology. So not only have you now altered the physiology, but the physiology trying to compensate for that altered uh, mechanism of the altered mm-hmm. stimulus. That's an additional burden. Right. Right. And if we if we talk about the additional burden, it's not just the drugs. It's another thing here. Uh, last week, we we had a, a gift of a filmmaker who gave us a, a free streaming for all Robert Scott Bell Show listeners to his movie Evidence of Harm, which was all about mercury amalgams. A great film. And, you know, that's another thing people don't realize. They're walking still as uh, I talk about mercury anchors in their system. And that, again, is making the body unable to respond appropriately to other things because it's having to deal with the mercury burden all the time. Right, right, that's true. Wait a second, Evidence of Harm, that, that's the movie by, uh, I mean, the book, uh, they made a movie out of it? Randall Moore, yeah, the uh, filmmaker, he uh, contacted us, and, and now it's been out for months. It's, it won some awards, too, but uh, what a wonderful opportunity to get more of this information out. And of course, talking to dentists as well uh, that have been trained to, to deal with the toxic re- release in a safer way, of course. But, you know, this, this, re- this comes back to something you've, you know, you've dedicated a lot of your life to now, uh, that mercury burden, and it's not just vaccines, as we've talked about, or other things, but the mercury amalgams in teeth in dentistry. Right, right. No, and that's a very important subject, and that's another thing that I think is important to talk about. I was just curious because I know the the book came out. In fact, uh, in the book, at the end of the book, uh, the author actually interviewed myself and, and talks about Avi's story in the book. But I didn't know that there was a movie out called Evidence of Harm either. I mean, I knew about the book, but yeah, I'll send you the link that you can download it with all of the extra bonus interviews. Probably a lot of the folks in it you're going to know personally. Okay, well, that's yeah, that would be great. I didn't even know there was a movie out there like that, but. Robert, just to finish the point about the physiology that we just you know, started mm-hmm. um, and, and the, applica- the application of that discussion to the individual that may be listening to the show is that from a strategy standpoint, from a physiology standpoint, understand that if you are understanding how the body works, if you look at what you, how your body's responding based on you may have an ache or pain or something that's going on or you're concerned or you're confused, look and understand what could be going on here. What is my body telling me? Because every time you have a pain or an ache or something happening, your body's giving you feedback. All right. And, and the feedback is essential to listen to. And don't just believe what doctors will say, because I can tell you personally, I'm not going to go into, go into my own personal story because it's a very personal story. Robert, you know about it because yes. you sent me some of the homeopathic things, but I did something just in this last week that defied every single thing that every specialist that I know has talked to me. And I know what's been going on myself. I've I've did this, you know, as far as acute situations of this stuff in medicine, I've treated, I I don't know, there's still two emergency rooms here in North Carolina that I have set a record for as far as uh, how fast it was identified and treated. Um, And, and I know what it feels like i know what's described like i know because i've treated it so much so i knew what was going on with me but i'll tell you i defied everything that everybody said and the rapidness of improvement that i experienced myself by doing one of the nine steps one of my own nine steps nothing that i discovered i mean nothing that there's nothing new discoverable in the world it's all been there with us rediscovering it right right uh and following one of those principles i can tell you robert I can tell you mm-hmm. with 100% certainty that even the best intention doctors, even my own friends that know how I work, that know how I think, 
that told me, Rashid, you need to do this, you need to do that, you do that. Even my own wife who was concerned and saying, I need to do this, I need to do that. My own mind, mm-hmm. I, I stopped listening and I, I listened to them and I stopped listening to my own self and that caused more problems. And as soon as I went back into my own mode, I defied what they said. I did everything that I was told not to do that because it's going to cause more, more problems, this, that, the other. I had rapidness. I mean, within hours of, uh, of instituting my old regimen. Right. Improvement. Well, eventually, Dr. Batar, that needs to be a, a chapter, a bonus chapter in the book when you're ready to tell the story out there because, again, it's a profound teaching moment. That moment where all the experts, you know, buddies and peers, they mean well, but then it's overriding what you are telling you, that, that innate intelligence. The cells are speaking out, and they're, they're coming through in a certain way, and you go, no, 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 i, I got to do this. And it defies everything, and it is the right path. That does not lie to you. Yeah, you know, I think this is going to be for the members of the Advanced Medicine Association. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this will be a, a video that we'll do because um, you're That's right. Important. It is. It is. It is very important. I, I don't want it to be, unfortunately, you know, from a liability standpoint. This is the reason that Dr. Sinatra did not want to endorse my book. He loved the book, he, and he's a great friend, but he didn't want to endorse the book because of his concern about liability, which I thought was a little absurd. But regardless, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not afraid of that part, but I'm afraid that somebody may, without knowing what they should be doing, you know, go out and endorse Sure. It, it, is, it is a legitimate risk because, you, you, you know, you're teaching people about things that, uh, are ultimately taking them out of any any form of authoritarian power structure, and right. if they if they're not ready to do that, they come back and they blame you know some, you know so again there is some and, risk associated. I understand, and it's it's I've never had that happen actually with the patient, but I have had that with family members of patients. Wow, that have come out. You know, this is what the what the cancer thing that happened you know, in two thousand seven that all that nonsense. It was none none of them were the patients themselves. It was all family members of patients. Right. Well, two two of them were family members. One was and uh, one was a doctor, and one was a well, I guess there's three family members, wife, husband, nephew, and a doctor. Yeah, they all kind of gang up and, and conspire, if you will. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But you're right that this is a teaching moment, and now that you've said that, um, I, I will make that commitment to everybody listening and to you, Robert, yeah. and to myself, that this will be something that I'm, I, I want to I get to the next level, and once it's definitively resolved, then I can show mm-hmm. uh, before and afters, which, which right. will defy. This will be, you know, in fact, I, I've, I've actually thought to myself, and I don't know whether it's appropriate to say this, but you know how the messages come from the creator, from the universal yes. consciousness telling us something. And this was the one arena that for us to be able to do what we've been doing in the fields of neurodegenerative and cancer, we haven't been able to do that or we haven't really had that many patients or any that much need. I mean, a few dozen here, a dozen there, but we haven't had that same need in the cardiovascular realm. But that's what we're here for, each other and ourselves. And I think we put ourselves out to go through these things so that we can not only help ourselves, but help others. We're going to do that one more segment today, Advanced Medicine, amazing information. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Back after this. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Like you call it, Medical Rewind. You're going to rewind this one and hear this again and again, folks, because there's so much great information uh, from strate- strategery <laughs> to uh, the practical knowledge of uh, the physiology and how pharmacology in- inhibits proper functioning of the physiology, as well as, again, the mercury issue is always something we talk about. Uh, are you up you for know, By the way, before, yeah. before you go on, I haven't... Mm-hmm. 
I haven't heard any of the new words that you've come up. You know, you used to come up with a new word like every three months, but strategery is a new one that I, we haven't. Uh, in fact, you haven't come up with any new words in probably about a year. I know. I've been pretty lame, but I, yeah, I'll blame yeah, yeah. Su- Super Don's not here to defend himself, so that's okay. We'll, we'll this, blame him. I like that word, though, str- strategery. I like yeah. that. Yeah, there's all kinds of fun things with the language we love to do here. Uh, and, of course, English is uh, just the most flexible of languages. We could just make words up, and, and some people get annoyed by that. I like the flexibility of it because I like creativity. Yeah, I like uh, that, too. Anyway, we got a question of the day coming in from Frederick. And he says, RSB and Dr. Batar, I've been looking online at autoimmune hepatitis. And from what I have read, there is really no cure, just management. I was wondering if there are any other options other than what the hospitals say. I would greatly appreciate any links or articles about autoimmune hepatitis. Thanks. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't really put those two words together, autoimmune hepatitis. But, of course, liver inflammation, they often say hepatitis C at that level. But do you know specifically what he might be referring to? Well, autoimmune hepatitis, it's... Um it's another one of these oxymoron type things that mm-hmm. you know when when we don't know what's causing something we call it idiopathic and we call it autoimmune. So hepatitis is basically for the listeners the word hepa or hepatic is means liver and anything that ends with an itis is inflammation of so we're talking about hepatitis is an inflammation of the liver and usually it's a viral hepatitis or alcoholic hepatitis or the, you know the, the cirrhosis and which is a chronic scarring of the liver, and that's what hepatitis or inflammation of the liver, when it's left uh, unchecked, will become cirrhotic. The liver will become cirrhotic, scarred, and then causes dysfunction of the liver, and then you have the largest oil filter of the body basically not functioning that causes other problems. So when we're looking at autoimmune hepatitis, essentially what they're saying is that for some reason there's an attack on the liver, there's inflammation to the liver. The, inf- the liver is becoming inflamed. Mm-hmm. And because they don't see or they can't measure anything that's causing it, they say that it's the body's own immune response that's causing this. So it's auto, meaning you're, like autonomous mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Autoimmune, your own immune system. It's attacking, is attacking. It's, it's, its cells. But, you know, we've talked about this over the years being that when you corrupt self, you know, the cells of self, they, they no longer resemble the same cells. And the immune system eventually says, that's not me. And right. it's like immunology 101, self and non-self. So if you've corrupted your liver to that degree, there might be some autoimmunity, but it isn't going to be solved again pharmacologically because every pharmacological agent they have in allopathic medicine is toxic to the liver. Right. So that's exactly right. So going on from that, you know, building upon that, in the book, in my Nine Steps book, Robert, you remember that we talked about the three foundations of health, right? Yes. So the first foundation is just like uh, if you look at the foundation of a building, the, the lowest level is the most crucial, uh, and then the second level, third level, now you ground level, and then the nine steps are built upon that. So the th- three foundations of health, first is systemic detoxification, second one is physiological optimization. Do you remember what the third one was? Oh, no, no, don't throw this at me right now. I'm writing them down okay. for the notes. <laughs> okay. Well, the third the third one is immune modulation. Yes, that's right. Now, remember, I don't talk about increasing the immune system. A lot of people talk about increasing the immune system, but you don't want to increase the immune system in certain types of conditions like autoimmune disease or an allergic type of response, or in certain other conditions like cancer or diabetes, that's a hypoimmune response, and other conditions is a hyperimmune response. So that's why I say immune modulation, meaning bringing the immune system back into its normal state, whether it's high or low. And this is what's happening in autoimmune hepatitis. It's, it's a hepatic inflammatory response because the immune system is registering the liver mm-hmm. as something that needs um, correcting. And the fact that it's 
if it is your own immune system responding, which actually it isn't an immune response, immune system attacking the liver, it's more because it's something going on inside the liver that the immune system's trying to correct, and the side effect of it is an inflammation to the liver because the immune system's trying to do its job. But because the liver can't process something like the persistent organic pollutants or some of the things that you may be eating or whatever you know exactly. you're really exposed to, that's what's going on. So when people say that there's no known cure for autoimmune hepatitis, that's ridiculous. You detoxify the body, you optimize the physiology, and you will see something miraculous happen. And that is the auto the immune response will modulate itself, and you will see a reduction. There's certain things you can take to help mm-hmm. the liver to balance it. This is where the head map comes in because it's going to measure things above or low and and tell the person based upon their own subjective SF36 patient outcome-based responses that they're giving, it will basically uh, take that subjective data and objectify it with the measurement and then say, this is what's most recommended at this time. You take the questionnaire again in 30 days and it's going to readjust it. Exactly. Listen, Dr. Vitar, we're, we're out of time. Tell them what they need to know before we quit for the day. That the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show.